Welcome to Succeed in A&P, a podcast focused on you, the A&P instructor. We want to build a community of sharing ideas and best practices in anatomy and physiology for the success of students everywhere. I'm Valerie Kramer, the marketing manager for A&P here at McGraw-Hill, and today I have a veteran to the show and one of my favorites in the field, Richard Perkle. Welcome, Richard. Hey, thank you, Valerie. So glad to be back on the show. This is my third time on Succeeding A&P, and I'm glad you guys keep calling. Yes, fantastic. Well, you must be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back. And Richard is an instructor at Tennessee Tech University, where I did actually have the pleasure last year of visiting and was honored to be a guest in Richard's lecture hall. And that is just such a beautiful campus there in Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, so just, Richard, could you just start us off by giving us a little refresher about yourself, including your background, how you got into teaching, and any other good things you want to share? Yeah. Well, I, um, I started teaching anatomy and physiology about 10 years ago at a small liberal arts college in Georgia, and I got to Tennessee Tech about seven years ago now. And so I've been, been teaching it for a while, and mostly the pre-nursing majors and uh, pre-PT, pre-medical you know, type people taking the class. And so... I've always had an interest in that. I, I was a typical undergrad and thought I was going to go to med school just like everybody else that was in the biology program where I was at Georgia Tech. And, and so I was, I was happy to eventually figure out that it wasn't the best fit for me and uh, decided to go to graduate school. And at graduate school, they told me I could uh, either pay for graduate school or I could teach and uh, get graduate school paid for. <laughs> and so, and uh, that was the best thing ever happened to me was taking that the TA and uh, getting a chance to be in a classroom and teach. And it was um, – it was it was a really good experience, and it was one of those things like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life, kind of things. And so it was a nice moment, and and so I've, ever since then I've worked towards like uh, just trying to be the best instructor I can be. Uh, so it's it, that seems cliche, but it's I really do sort of want to you got to reach the students where they are, and that's not the easiest thing to do when you keep getting older and they stay the same age. So, <laughs> yes, but. well, that's a great philosophy. I think everybody waits for that moment. Tell me what I'm yeah. supposed to what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's really fortunate for you. Yeah. Well, it's hard to believe we're starting the fall semester and the summer just flew by. So are you glad yeah. to be back? Yeah, very much so. I actually had back surgery earlier this summer, and so I had to spend two or three weeks out of the office and not being able to come in. So I needed to come back and water my plants. Oh so my they goodness! Were, well, I'm sure. They, I'm sure they yeah, they were you. dead. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty bad. Oh, well, I'm glad you're better. Me too. Yeah, so Richard, one of my goals this year is to focus on success in A&P, hence the name, Succeed in A&P. And um, we would say that um, there's a big statistic out there that we need more nurses. And so we're mm -hmm. starting a fun campaign called Stop the Drop, which really focuses on making that drop-fail withdrawal rate really decrease. So that being said, one of the challenges uh, that most A&P instructors run into um, is the underprepared student. Uh, would you agree that this is something you face or have faced in your course? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a major issue. Like, many, like most schools, we don't have a prerequisite to take A&P. And so I have students that walking off the street, they've, you know, Either you can imagine they, they went to high school, they just graduated, they want to be a nurse, it's their second semester, and they have to take A&P 1. Or it could be a student who's been out of school for 10, 15, I've had some out of school 30 years come back, and you know, they're, they're like, well, I want, to, you know, I want to get a nursing degree so I can get a, get a job in the medical field. And, and so you know, the, the background is extremely varied. 
and and even we Tennessee Tech Services Middle Tennessee like or most of our students come from that area and it's a very rural area and so we we have a focus on rural students and and the backgrounds of those students even if they just come directly from high school are drastically different depending on which area they come from and how strong that program is and that kind of thing and so yeah it's 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 a serious issue and um and it's been getting uh, it's been getting better I think I think I've done a few things and I've, I've had a few opportunities to do a few things with uh, using Connect, using Learn Smart Prep, especially to, to kind of help with that. So, yeah. So uh, I know you've done some trial and error type things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> could you share some of the things that you've tried and maybe what worked and what didn't? Yeah. You know, one. I, I think my first inclination was like, oh, they're not doing well because they don't know how to study. And I think that's true. I think that's part of it is, is that they, um, they've spent most of their time learning how to memorize things, uh, which got them through the courses that they needed to get through before and not trying to apply like uh, the information that they've learned to something else. And with the human body, it's really easy for me to, to ask them a question about something that's related or that uh, takes information that we've talked about and is applied to something else. And so it's, it's, that is a difficult thing for them to do, especially as freshmen and sophomores, which most of the students are. Um, as they develop academically, as they go through the years, they tend to get better at that. Um, but it takes, it's, a, it's really hard on them. And so I thought the main problem was probably they're not studying the right way. They're not thinking about things the right way. And so I, I've, I've developed all sorts of different ways to try to help their study skills. Um, they, uh, I've, at one point I had, I took an entire lab like period, so like one week worth of lab to have the uh, teaching assistants and myself teach study skills. So we, I, I've neglected A&P material because I thought it was important enough to teach the study skills. Surprisingly enough, the students hated that and, uh, and <laughs> did not respond well to it at all. I got roasted on my evaluations for that. Oh, and then, no. oh, it was bad. It was really bad. And so, um, and I think it was because they felt like, you know, we already had a class that told us how to do this. And, and you know, that's, they, they see the most, most colleges have some sort of intro to college class, right? And they teach them study skills. And, you know, I thought it was useful to have these are the study skills that are most successful in A&P. And they didn't see it that way, you know, because they saw it as, as you're just teaching us how to study for everything. And, you know, it didn't seem – it didn't fit into what they were doing, right? So, like, it wasn't part of – the course, it felt like a separate thing I was doing outside in the lab and that kind of deal. Um, I, from there, I actually started using um, Learn Smart Prep as a as a student success like module, and I signed that a couple times as well too. And th that seemed to work a little bit better because it felt like it was part of the course. They were already doing reading assignments, Learn Smart reading assignments. They were already doing other parts of Learn Smart Prep, and so having that just be part of it, it, it integrated it better, and I didn't get complaints about that part of it, and so I thought that was mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing that I did more recently um, that helped, and then I also, there was, you know, without prereqs, a lot of times they come in, they haven't taken a college-level biology class, and sometimes they hadn't taken a biology class at all, and um, they have to take a, a chemistry class, but the chemistry class is focused more on um, the type of nursing like chemistry that they would do so a lot of moving decimal places and making sure they can you know calculate um, concentrations and things like that not really talking about the concepts of chemistry and so I, I was spending you know a week or two weeks sometimes three weeks going over what I really feel like is like the intro to like general biology and general chemistry and not talking about AMP and, and I think it was a detriment to the students later on 
because we were having to go so quickly through muscle contraction, physiology, and nervous system conduction, and those types of things. And so um, I tried making short videos. I tried doing different things. And, and again, the Learn Smart Prep was quite helpful because I could give them that assignment, and then it would give me information about what they were doing and what they weren't doing. So it's it's like what they got and what they didn't get, you know, not not just completion. It did, yeah, of course, some of them completed it, but the ones that, especially the students that would take it seriously and would sit down and really work with it, um, like like I ask them to, because um, you're going to get some that just don't, right? Like they're not going to do it right. They don't want to listen. No, they don't want to, and they and they're not. You, there's not much you can do to help that that type of student other than to just bring them in and sit them down and say, like you've got to take this seriously. You're going to have to take it again, and so. Um, and, and but the ones that respond and, and, and do well with it, they, it, it really benefits them. Um, I had a um, had a student who was an older student. Um, he uh, he had uh, you know he was working full time, had kids, the whole nine yards, and and so it had been a long time since he had A and P. And when he took this course um, the first time, he wound up having to drop it. And this was before I had the Learn Smart Prep um, material involved. And the second time he took it, I had that, and, and he specifically came up to me and told me how much it helped him. Like, this, this helped me because I was able to figure out what I didn't understand from these other topics and then go look into that, and it, it didn't catch him later. He didn't miss something because he didn't understand what an ion was. You know, he uh, didn't miss something yeah. because he didn't, yeah, didn't understand, you know, concentration gradients or something like that. And so I, that's why I think it's a powerful tool. And it's, you know, for students that were willing to use it and use it correctly – you know, then it works pretty well. So you could force mm -hmm. them to use it by, by adding points. <laughs> and that's what I, that's the thing yeah. I've developed more recently is a way to, to, to make them do it for points. And so yeah. um, that's sort of an interesting, I, I give them a pretest now. Like, so they, the first day of class, like we have our first day of class on Monday, we'll have to test on Friday. And so it's, and you know, it, it'll cover stuff we haven't covered in class. Basically the test is over stuff they, they should know from gen bio and gen chemistry and that kind of thing. So you can imagine what the grades are when, when they get those mm -hmm. back if they haven't haven't really had time to study for it and things like that. And so what I do is I give them the Learn Smart Prep as a way for them to earn back the points they missed on the exam. And so like they actually spend time because they want to make sure that they get those points back. They spend the time to do the assignments and you know I give them some time to do it because I want them to do a lot of it. I don't I don't I assign the you know basically I you know give them the whole assignment. I want you to do all of this. And so, and it, um, it, it, so it does take some time, but I give them a couple weeks to do it. And, and I've, I've noticed you specifically, you mentioned trying to help stop the drop. My mm -hmm. DFW rate is, has gone down in the past three semesters since I started doing this. And so I've been very pleased with how it, how it actually has helped with, um, with, with helping students realize that, Hey, I, there's, there's a, there's something here that I can do that will help me you know, help me develop and help me get, you know, get, I, I can gain the skills that I need. I'm not just flailing and, and, you know, not able to figure out how to move forward. There's, there's a tool here that will help me get what I need so I can, I can move on. And so that's oh, what's been really good about it. Yeah, that's so great. That's our whole goal. And that's our whole, and the story that your student told, that's what we strive for. So yeah, what a, yeah it was really neat. That was great, a good yeah. feeling, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, good. Something I did work. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know Learn Smart Prep is one of my favorite products because personally, I was that student that needed to catch up based on mm -hmm. my high school education coming in, and I was too busy in sports and socializing, I guess, before college. Yeah. But uh, 
So you can even use prep in both AMP1 and AMP2 at the start of the semester, right? Yeah, so my AMP2 students will get to do it again. Um, I, what, I've, what I noticed is with, so the way we divide the textbook up for us, we, we stop at the end of, of the, um, the end of the material of the nervous system. So you're just about to go into endocrine. And endocrine is one of the more difficult body systems to have to like go through. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of chemistry involved, right? So like you have to know this is a lipid um, like uh, chemical. And so that's going to do these certain mechanisms because it's a lipid and you know, it, it affects the way that hormone acts in the human body, how long it stays in the human body and all these other things. And so it's chemistry the, the underlying like, the underlying issue that, that students wind up having with it is they don't see it as a chemistry issue. They're just trying to memorize it. There's too much to memorize. And so what I've started mm -hmm. doing is going back and like, in, instead of assigning all of it this time, I go back and I find the components that actually apply directly to topics that I know we're covering. And because uh, the Learn Smart system lets me drill down to individual topics, I can say, okay, I want you to, not just all of chemistry, I want you to look at, at the, you know, the differences in, in the way chemicals, you know, interact with each other, like chemical reactions. I can, I can drill down to the specifics that work well for it. So I actually assign it to them again. It's a much smaller assignment, and it, it, um, instead of it making up for points, it actually just counts as 10 points for the course. But same sort of deal. I give them two weeks to get it done, and, um, you know, the, the, it's probably 95 to, you know, 100% of the class actually does it. Usually by then they know me. They had me for AMP1, and they know I'm going to make them do something <laughs> and so they know they're going to have to do it, and so they they get on there and they get it done, and and um and I I, I do think it's helpful as well, and so I'm I, I'm excited to try. I'm tweaking it again. I do this every year. I, I I assign something once and like okay this part worked. Let me try to add this this part. So I, there's a few other topics that I think okay I might add this one and I might drop this one off and see if that helps with uh, some of the content later on. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's a great refresher. Yeah, and I've, I've actually talked to people that have used it, you know, before a specific chapter. You know, if you're covering a chapter where they really need to make sure they understand, you know, the difference between, like, filtration and, um, you know, diffusion, like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you, you going into the kidneys, assign that again. You know, there's no reason. It's, it's just a refresher. And the students, it's low stakes. You know, it's great because it's not like they have to get the question right or wrong to move on. You know, it just tells them, oh, wait, you didn't understand this. And it helps them realize, like, okay, I need to, I need to refresh my memory about these things before, like, class starts. And so it's, it's a real convenient thing for that. Yes, and adaptive because it'll get everybody a little bit on more the same level. Yeah, and that's the issue. Is they're not. They're no. They're they're so drastically different. I mean, it's it's a it's a normal distribution. I mean, you got some that really need every bit of help that you could possibly give them. You got some that you couldn't give them hard enough stuff to actually trip them up, and so and then the bulk of them in the middle. But I do think it's important to just I just sort of assign it to all of them, and you know, the ones that are going to get it get through the assignment faster, and the ones that need more help get through it a little bit slower and. The data on the back end helps me help them when they come to my office. You know, I can look at it and see like, okay, these are the topics you're missing the most. Do you really understand this? It doesn't look like you do. You know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's extremely useful. Yes, fantastic. So what advice would you give instructors that might want to implement a prep component in their course? Because, you know, there's another challenge of struggling to fit all the content into the semester. So how do you find room for it or where would you fit it in? And are there things yeah. you have to get rid of? To, to me, personally, what, what it is is that if you, 
I don't feel like my my lecturing is is <laughs> is so important that like I have to lecture on something for a student to learn it. And so there are certain topics that I think are okay. You need to be guided through this more because t people tend to have a pro more more of a problem with it and that kind of thing. But for in the, in theory, this like the especially learn smart prep. And in, in theory, the material that it covers is stuff that they should have had in another class at some point. Like it may have been 50 years ago. It may have been you know like uh, last semester. But like in theory, it helps. You know, it, it's covering that sort of material. And so what I what I did to make it fit into my class um, was I just let it be open. I, I, I open it at a certain time and I let it be open for several weeks online. And I tell the students, I give them one reminder, literally, like halfway through, it's like, hey, you know, this percent of people have done it. You know, make sure you guys get this done. The due date is this. And that's it. That's all I ever do as far as harassing them or anything about the about getting it done. And I let that be something that they just do. And then when they come to my office to ask questions, it's one of the first things I pull up is the reports on that. Like, let me see what you got. Let me see if you did it. Let me see when you did do it. Like, did you miss a lot of stuff on chemistry? Did you miss a lot of stuff with the gen bio things? Like, which, what are you strong in? What are you not strong in? And it can help direct the conversation better instead of like, I don't understand this. What do you not understand? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't understand mm -hmm. it, which is, you know, conversation I've had millions of times. And so it's better to it's much better to have something like let's look at this and let's work off of this. And so, to me, it's just something that you can just drop in and ask the students to do on their own time. And it's it's you know it, since it is online, it works well on their phones. Like I have students sit outside the lab waiting to go into lab, you know, sitting there doing it then. And uh, you know, I just as long as there's points attached to it, the students usually will take the time to actually go through it and take care of it and do it and that kind of thing. And so I, I do think it's important enough to, to to make it worth of value to them by giving it points. And then the only other thing I would really suggest is make sure you do it early. You know, if you if you if you use it as a way to like if you if say for instance you go through your I'm gonna teach chapters two, three, four, and which is usually the ones in, in most of the textbooks that cover you know, that have this like const, you know, the gen bio, the gen chem, that kind of stuff in it. Like I'm I'm just mm -hmm. gonna teach them. And then you use Learn Smart Prep after that, you know, they're not they're not going to get the same benefit. You just spent a bunch of time. You could have been teaching A and P related stuff, uh, teaching Gen Bio stuff, when you could have just given them something to work through themselves. And then maybe you can look at the class data as a whole if you want to. You know, if you don't want to do it student by student, like I have A and P one this semester. I think I have 224 students registered. I think. And so I'm not going to obviously sit down and like one afternoon and be like, let's start at the top of the list and see how they did, right? So, <laughs> but I can just pull up the list for the entire like like class and see, okay, what were the main topics they were missing, and maybe just design a lecture over those things. I've done video lectures for that. If I can't give up like lecture time, if I'm too like ah, I get yeah. too much stuff planned, I don't do that. I do a little video lecture like, hey guys, here are the ones that you missed. And I'll push that out to them, and like they can watch it, and uh, or not watch. You know, if they if they felt like if they did really well on it, they don't need the little lecture, right? But it's an it's another resource for them to do. You know, it's 15, 20 minute lecture it takes very little time on my part to do that, and and it's a lot it's a lot easier to do it and push it out and give people a, a some a resource to use later on than it is to, you know, have a student in your office crying after exam because they don't understand something, and it doesn't pile up. That's the, that's the biggest thing. A lot of those like concepts that are covered in Learn Smart Prep are things that will trip a student up in chapters, you know, you know, nine, chapter eleven, chapter seventeen, chapter twenty. You, you see what I'm saying? Like it just sort of feeds into mm -hmm. itself all the way down the line. 
So to me, it's it's an early and often type thing. That's why I do it in AMP1 and AMP2. Yes. Oh, I love that idea of the video lecture too. If you yeah, it is. Time, it's yeah, and it, it lets the students watch it when they want to watch it. Let's, let's face it; they're up at like, you know, two in the morning eating Taco Bell. Like, I mean, they're like they can watch it then. I really don't want to be up then. <laughs> so it's like they right. can knock themselves out. So that's right. Okay, so switching gears a little bit. Um, speaking of laughing, what is your teaching philosophy? Because there is one thing oh. I do know, and that is that your students really do love you. Yeah, I, I sort of, I joke with the students a lot. I, I do, I do feel like, you know, this, it, and some people get onto me for this because I really do feel like it's, it's sort of, it's sort of a show. Like I, tr I treat like <laughs> class as if it's an inter, in, like a, a, like a stage, and like I'm, you know, if, if they're going to come to, I mean, because let's face it, there's online options. They can take the online option. And I always tell them the thing you're missing, the thing you don't get if you do an online option, you don't get me. Like you don't have me standing up there doing whatever dumb thing I'm doing, push-ups or jumping off mm -hmm. of things or, you know, whatever else is going, making coffee in front of class, like whatever else is going on. Like, you know, I don't, um, I, I, that's sort of my, my idea is like I'm supposed to be here to somewhat make this material a little bit more real, a little bit more live and, and keeping them awake during the, the process is, is important. But as far as like my actual teaching philosophy, I always tell people it, it has to do with like kind of I sort of think about it. I had heard an old story about fleas. And I don't know if this is true or not. I have no idea. But somebody told me once that if you took fleas and put them into a, a container and you put a lid on them, they couldn't they couldn't jump out. They, you know, obviously the lid, they'd jump up and they'd hit that lid, they'd hit that lid, they'd hit that lid. And then eventually you could take the lid off and they, they still wouldn't jump out despite the fact that no lid is there. And it's just because you'd limited them. Right, you gave them some sort of limit, and it was like lower than what they could jump, and they just couldn't get out. And so, my teaching philosophy is basically like treat the students like fleas, but don't put the lid all the way down. I want to be just above where their heads are, just slightly above, not 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 really above. I don't teach above them too much, but I want to push them, you know, right? Like give give them mm -hmm. something to go for, and give them something, push them a little bit, and try to beyond what their comfort zone is. Um, you know, I, I know that they are freshmen and sophomores. I know their critical thinking skills are developing, but I still want them to do it. And so, like, I push them a little harder than what they probably should be pushed. And, and some of them are going to, like, jump out of the jar. They'll figure it out, and they'll jump out of the jar, and they'll do well. And the other ones, yeah, they may jump up and still bang their head, but at least this way I can be there to help them and to help pull them along. I can give them tools. I can I can give them video lectures. I can let them come to my office and ask me ask me questions and, and that's sort of the, that's, that's my like kind of attitude towards it as far as what I expect of them and then what I expect of me. You know, if I'm going to expect that much out of them, I should expect the same out of me. And so I, I treat every, every day like as an opportunity to, to, to help, help pull the, pull a new flea out. <laughs> so, yeah, a weird idea. I love that. <laughs> so when I was in your lecture, you talked, you mentioned uh, making coffee in yeah. front of the class. Uh, <laughs> You call the nectar of the gods, then I agree 110%. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you use that to explain filtration. Can you yeah. just share just that, that 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 you did in front of your class? I just loved it. Yeah, well, what it's funny because there's certain concepts that you think like, oh, this is easy. And then you ask a question about it on the test, and then everybody misses it. And you're just like, what in the world? How do you not understand what filtration is? And then so, – so 
one of the major concepts as far as like like a gen bio basic concept is that you know you have you have filtration and diffusion and you know, facilitated diffusion all these different types of ways things can move across membranes and so i i wanted to give them a like a demonstration something they could recognize or something they could easily do and see that would show how filtration worked and so like i like when i think of filtration i just think of like ah coffee right like i have to use a coffee filter and and so you know the you put the beans in the top and the uh, you know the, the water pressure from because I use the, the drip you know got to do those and that's the best way to do it like pour over kits are my, the fav my favorite thing and so I'm very <laughs> freaky about my coffee if you can't tell and so but like you know it's just the water pressure that literally is causing the the fluid to move through and it's a great way for me to talk about it then that they sort of get a kick out of the fact that like God this guy really likes coffee and because that comes up a lot more than you'd think like I wound up talking about coffee in class. And so, especially the 8 a.m. class, I get to hear about my coffee all the time. And so, but um, but it, it helps it helps me later on when we talk about how like the how your capillaries work. And it seems weird, but I can be like, remember the coffee, and and they're like, you can see their eyes light up. And so it's just a simple, easy demonstration where I get another cup of coffee in the middle of class, and they learn something. And so, and it, it, I really enjoy that part of it. And so I try to do that as much as I can. I know, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, how are you supposed to do, like, demonstrations in class if you're teaching anatomy? It's like, well, I do have a human body, <laughs> so it's like I might as well try to use it. And so, you know, I'll do, I've done – I did push-ups and, you know, to show the different body movements. And, like, I, I make the students move around like they have to – you know, when I tell them, like, hey, you know, this is this movement or this is that, we do it, you know. So, like, it, it's – I think – I think getting the students involved and, and giving them something to remember, even if they just remember, hey, he made coffee that day and we learned about filtration. That's you know, that's, I'll deal with it. You know, that we can go from there. I can always remind them, hey, remember the coffee, and they, oh okay. yeah, 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 filtration. I got it. Like there has to be, you know, the coffee grounds don't go through, so bigger things don't go through, and you know, that's the basic idea. So pretty neat. Yeah. Oh, I love it, and I love the way you're teaching this generation of learners. So yeah. thanks for all that you do for your students and your faculty and for sharing your thoughts and advice with us and, and all of our learners. So hopefully it inspires us as we all get back ready for the fall semester to start. Absolutely. I hope everybody has a great year. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, I think, 20, what are we, 20, we're, we're launching on 2020, which is uh, yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be great memes for that. There's got to be. Like, you know, you got to like the branding opportunities for 2020, you know, this. I can't wait. I'll have all sorts of fun stuff on my, um, I, you know, especially when you do vision stuff and it's like the year 2020. I mean, come on, like, right. I've got to have fun with that. <laughs> so. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Archer, for being on the show and best of luck to you on back to school. And I hope I truly is the best year yet. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, indeed, have a great semester to everyone out there. And thank you for listening to Succeed in A&P. If you like this episode, make sure you leave us a review and share maybe some ideas for future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more A&P inspiration.